Hello and welcome to Living in the Shade of an 80s Arcade and today we're going to discuss the Mattel Intellivision. Floyd here claims to have had a close encounter. Playing? I saw So, we wanted to get his reaction to Intellivision's space battle. That's it! That's it! It happened just like that! There's a ship that took me in! Oh, and those explosions! I'll never forget it, Mr. Plinkin! Thank you, Floyd. Intellivision space battle. You may never come closer to a close encounter. Welcome to Living the Shade of an 80s Arcade. And that was the commercial, one of the commercials that George Plimpton did to market the Mattel Intellivision, which at the time was the only competition for the Atari. Okay, the Intellivision was first released in 1979 uh, by Mattel. Uh, it was, uh, let's see, trying to see who developed the thing. Uh, it was developed at Mattel in Hawthorne, California, along with Mattel Electronics' line of handheld games. Mattel's design and development group conceived a home video game system in 1977 to compete. It was to have rich graphics, long-lasting gameplay. Mattel identified a new but expensive chipset from National Semiconductor and negotiated better pricing for a simpler design. Its consultant, APH Technological Consulting, suggested a general instrument chipset listed it as the Gemini or G-I-M-I-N-I programmable set in the GI General Instruments 1977 catalog. The GI chipset lacks reprogrammable graphics. Mattel worked with GI to implement changes. GI published an updated chipset in its 1978 category. After having chosen National in August of 77, Mattel waited for two months before ultimately choosing the proposed GI chipset in late 1977. A team at Mattel, headed by David Chandler, began engineering the hardware, including the hand controllers. <laughs> we'll get into that later. In 1978, David Rolf of API developed the onboard executive control software named Exec and programmed the first games with a group of Caltech Summer student employees. Graphics were designed by a group of artists at Mattel, led by David James. Uh, the television was introduced at the 1979 Las Vegas CES in January as a modular home computer with the master component priced at $165 and a soon-to-follow keyboard component also at $165, which is equivalent to $590 in 2020. At Chicago CES in June, prices were revised to 250 for each component. A shortage of key chips from manufacturer General Instrument resulted in a limited number of television master components produced that year. In mid-1979, Sylvania marketed its own branded Intellivision at 280 in its uh, GTE stores at Philadelphia, Baltimore, and Washington, D.C. On December 3rd, Mattel delivered consoles to Gottschalk's department store headquartered in Fresno, California with a suggested price of $275. 
The television was also listed as in the nationally distributed J.C. Penney 1979 Christmas catalog, along with seven cartridges. It was in stores nationwide by mid-1980 with the packing game Las Vegas Poker and Blackjack. In a library of 10 cartridges, Mattel Electronics became a subsidiary in 1981. Though in television is not the first system to have challenged Warner Communications Atari. It's the first to have posed a serious threat to the market leader. A series of advertisements starring George Plimpton used side-by-side comparisons to demonstrate the superior graphics and sound over the Atari 2600. One slogan calls in television the closest thing to real thing. One example compares golf games where the other console games have blip sound and cruder graphics. While the Intellivision features a realistic swing sound and striking of the ball and a more 3D look, there is an advertisement comparing the Atari 2600 with the slogan, I didn't know, in its first year. Mattel sold out its initial 175,000 production run Intellivision Master Components. In 1981, more than 1 million Intellivision consoles were sold, five times as many in, in the 1980. Uh, the Intellivision Master Component was branded and distributed by various companies before Mattel shifted manufacturing to Hong Kong. Mattel and television consoles were ma- manufactured by GTE Sylvania. GTE Sylvania and television consoles were produced alongside with Mattel's differing only in brand name. The Sears Super Video Arcade manufactured by Mattel in Hong Kong also had a restylized base top cover and detachable controllers its default title screen lacks the mattel electronics captioning in 1982 radio shack marketed the tandy vision one similar to the original console with gold plates replaced with more wood trim in japan the television consoles were branded by bandai in 1982 and in brazil there were digimed and digiplay consoles manufactured by sharp in 1983. I'll try almost anything. So when Mattel Electronics asked me to compare their Intellivision games with Atari, I gave it a try. I compared Atari baseball with Intellivision and found Intellivision played much more like real baseball. Then I compared Atari football with Intellivision. Again, Intellivision played more like the real game. In my opinion, if you try them both, there's only one conclusion you can come to. Intellivision from Mattel Electronics. And that was, again, another ad for the Intellivision by George Plimpton. Now, George Plimpton, uh, a lot of people might think that he is British. And actually, he's not. He's actually from New England. Um, and unfortunately, he, he has passed back in September of 2003. And he was actually a, a very popular um, journalist, writer, and literary editor actor, and occasional amateur sportsman. So he's widely known for sports writing and helping to found the Paris Review, as well as his patrician demeanor and accent. He was known for participatory journalism, including accounts of his active involvement in professional sporting events, acting in westerns, uh, in or in a western, I should say, performing comedy acts at Caesar's Palace, and playing with the New York Philharmonic Orchestra, and then recording 
the experience from the point of view of an amateur. So um, he basically did these ads, uh, of course, as any actor does uh, <laughs> to make some cash, of course. But um, in television, just I don't think it would be quite the same uh, as um, it was without these ads because basically he was saying that Com continually comparing um, the uh, in television to uh, Atari, which was the big dog of the day. Uh, and Atari did have a higher resolution. Uh, however, um, the graphics weren't as detailed. And there's a f quite a few other things uh, that uh, made a television technically better than the Atari. Um, one of the things that was uh, an add-on was an add-on to the original Intellivision, and then I believe it was built in in future versions, uh, was the voice module, which uh, added voice to the games. But even before that, uh, like the baseball game and the golf game had actual sounds that actually sounded like, uh, like for example, the golf game, it actually sounded like a golf swing. swing. Um, when you... Uh, hit a home run in the, in the baseball game, you hear the crowd cheer and stuff like that. And and Atari was just kind of left to blips and bleeps and stuff because it really didn't have that great of an audio system. You know, it was one of the first systems there was in a day. Now, uh, uh, you know, all the technical stuff uh, was one thing. However, there's quite another thing, and that was the controller, all right, um, which actually uh, is part of the issue with the system period. Um, now, it, it, it basically had a series of buttons. It had more buttons than your standard uh, Atari controller, which only had one, but this one had, like, I think it had two on the sides, and it had a keypad, and the neat thing was is it would um, put these... Um, overlays in the box with the game and the game was cartridge based and basically you when you started to play like for example Astro Smash you'd throw the Astro Smash uh, overlay in and then it would tell you which buttons actually worked with the game one of the problems is is that they you know they're they're just made out of a thin plastic and they would break over time and and uh, a lot of times, I guarantee if you go on eBay buying games, you're probably not going to be able to find all of the overlays. So, um, the, and it was rumored to, and I've never remember actually seeing it, but Mattel really wanted this to be more than just a game system. It was um, also designed to be a computer. Uh, that is probably probably one of the neater things there is about the system is is basically they designed a keyboard to go with it. It was designed as a uh, as a modular home computer from the start. So you had they eventually had to um, bring out the keyboard peripheral, and they did. Uh, although, like I said, I never remember seeing it because usually all we wanted to do back in that day was play games. But kind of the interesting thing was the keyboard also added a, a 6502 processor uh, 
to the uh, key to the system as well, and it ran it helped run the keyboard, um, and you could write programs on it in Basic, and uh, probably its own flavor of Basic, uh, as usually was the day. The ba all Basic wasn't the same. Some systems had certain commands, some system didn't. Um, but uh, I never ever saw the keyboard peripheral in person. IntelliVoice I have seen, because that was a fairly popular add-on. Uh, the IntelliVoice uh, was a voice synthesis module and had a speech synthesizer for compatible cartridges. IntelliVoice is novel in two respects. Human-sounding male and female voices with distinct accents and speech-supporting games were designed with speech being integral to the part in the part of the gameplay there. So... Um, but it, is, it had a state-of-the-art, uh, it was built in the state-of-the-art uh, voice processing lab to produce the phrases in the games. The amount of speech that could be compressed in, uh, into an 8K or a 12K cartridge was still pretty small. Um, so really, they really couldn't do a lot, lot, a lot, a lot with it. But it, for the time, it was really interesting. So the four, in, there was only four games for the Intelli for the IntelliVoice, um, and, they, and that was Space Spartans, B-17 Bomber, Bomb Squad, and Tron Solar Sailor. Uh, the fifth game was Intel Television World Series Major League Baseball, developed as a part of the Entertainment Computer System series, and it also supports IntelliVoice if both the ECS and the IntelliVoice are connected concurrently. Unlike the IntelliVoice-specific games, however, World Series Major League Baseball is also playable without the module, but not without the ECS. Spring in, uh, spring in 1983, uh, they, Mattel brought out the uh, Intellivision 2. Uh, it was a cheaper, more compact redesign of the original, and it was designed to be less expensive to manufacture and service with updated styling. also had large, longer controller cords, uh, it was initially released without a packing game, but was later packed, packaged with Burger Time in the United States and Lock and Chase in Canada. 1984, the DigiPlay in, in Television 2 was introduced in Brazil. Brazil was only the only country outside of North America to get the redesigned Television 2. Um, so that was in Television 2. I always... I, I, think if you're collecting them uh i would look at either of them uh although i will say this it says the few it was discovered a few coleco in television games did not work on television 2 uh, mattel had secretly changed the executive eternal rom to program to attempt to lock out some third-party games a few of coleco's early games were affected but third-party developers quickly figured out how to get around it uh, Mattel's own electric company, Word Fun, however, will not run on Intellivision 2 due to this change. Uh, in the unrelated issue, um, in an unrelated issue, but also due to the exact changes, Super Pro Football Experience is a minor glitch where the quarterback does not appear until after the ball is hiked. There was also some minor changes to the sound chip, which is AY3. 8914A and slash AY38916 chips. Uh, they affected the sound effects of some games programmers 
and Mattel discovered the audio differences and avoided the problem in future games. Um, uh, as early as 1981, Dave Chandler's group began designing what would have been the Mattel's next generation con console. Um, so this is kind of a, uh, something that uh, was supposed to happen but didn't. It was codenamed Decade, now referred to as the Intellivision 4. It would have been based on the 32-bit uh, Motorola 68000 processor and 16-bit custom-designed advanced graphic interface chip. Uh, specific specifications call for dual display support, uh, 240 by 192 bitmap resolution, 16 programmable 12-bit colors uh, with up to 4,996 colors, and anti-aliasing. It also had 40 by 24 tile graphic modes, four colors per tile, 16 with shading, and a whole bunch of other stuff that we really don't care about because... Um, it was intended the machine that could lead Mattel into the 90s, but on August 4th, 1983, most hardware people at Mattel Electronics were laid off, and it didn't happen. In 1982, with new machines introduced by competitors, Mattel Marketing wanted to bring an upgraded system to the market sooner. Intellivision 3 was to be upgraded, but backward compatible, uh, but to be an be, uh, excuse me. It was to be an upgraded but backward compatible system uh, based on a similar CP1610 processor and uh, involved improved graphics with STIC with that and improved graphics STIC chip producing double the resolution with more sprites and colors. And Television 3 was never produced or proceeded past the prototype stage. And the new exec was written for it, but no games was canceled in mid-1983. A Mattel document titled Target Specification Intellivision 3 has the following. Um, had the CPU, the Intellivision 3 was to have the CP 1610-2 running at 3.56 megahertz, which is twice the original speed. Uh, and had separate 16-bit data bus and an address bus. Multiplex data address mode for backward compatibility with existing cartridges. Uh, STIC 1B for the graphics. And a whole bunch of stuff that nobody really cares about. Because it really didn't happen. So um, so now, um, after the break, uh, break we'll cover some, talk about some of the, my memories of the games. Um, and uh, some uh, things that happened post-Intellivision. Uh, and uh, then we'll be back after this word from our sponsor, Anchor. I've been making more comparisons between Mattel Electronics and Television and Atari. Different games, but the same results. Look at Atari Basketball and Intellivision. I think Intellivision plays much more like real basketball. Here's Atari Soccer and Intellivision. Again, I find Intellivision more sophisticated and lifelike. If you try them both, I think you'll find the clear winner is Intellivision from Mattel Electronics. And welcome back to the show. Uh, first, uh, again, I want to put a shout-out to Anchor. Thank you for hosting the show. Uh, it's appreciated. Um, I also want to put another shout-out in here for my buddy Rob Fott, on living in the 80s, uh, and... Jason Peitzmeyer on Chewing the Fat and uh, in um, 
his various other shows, Free For All as well. Uh, give those guys a listen. Okay, so now let's get back to the Intellivision. I'm going to talk about uh, got one little thing about the hardware still because I realized I forgot to talk about it in the first segment. And uh, then we'll talk a, bit, a little bit about the games and some of the other stuff uh, that's surrounded uh, the Intellivision. Uh, the controller, I talked about the overlays, but I didn't talk about the main uh, thing that you use to move your player around the field and that was that a the really really horrible disc that they used uh the disc um uh was at the bottom of the controller and it was on both uh the original and television controllers as well as the uh in television two controllers and um they were awful <laughs> I mean, uh, it was kind of like a joystick, but not really. It wasn't a D-pad. Um, it was patently awful. Probably, There's probably only one controller that's probably worse than the uh, Intellivision controller, and that would probably be the 5600's uh, controller, um, which was the system uh, that was after the Atari uh, 2600. So, uh, And it was... For all intents and purposes, it was actually a Atari 8-bit computer, but um, it didn't have um, the keyboard and all that stuff on there. So, But uh, that was probably well, the number one worst controller of the 80s, uh, uh, probably um, after, uh, before, after the uh, 5600's controller, or 5200, I think. <laughs> I can't remember. We'll talk about that system uh, on down the road, but it it was good and the controller was awful. So, um, but the games, uh, television had some really unique games, and then then of course they had their share of knockoffs. Um, the Intellivision games, I game I remember the most was the baseball game. Uh, the baseball game uh, had a you know, what looked like a real infield or a real outfield. And, um, it was, uh, looked like a normal, uh, baseball did really. Um, and like Blintham said about the, uh, the baseball and the soccer games and the commercials, it played more like the real sport than the Atari version did. So, um, the, uh, but that was the baseball game. Um, the uh, other things uh, that I remember um, about them was uh, Astro Smash. Astro Smash was a little bit like uh, Asteroids, but instead of you being a ship flying around, it, you were like this kind of like the little turret in uh, Space Invaders. Um, and um, instead of... Uh, of uh, uh, little invaders uh, come uh, coming down at you. You had some uh, meteors and stuff coming down. So um, that was the one one of the ones uh, I remember the most. It was a definitely a shooter game. And then another one that I remember quite a bit was Space Armada. Space Armada was um, a, a pretty neat uh game uh, it, it had a well basically it was space invaders uh, this is what space space armada was so it actually did look a lot better than the original uh, space invaders did 
Um, but one of the, the other one I remember the most is Space Battle for the Intellivision. Uh, Space Battle uh, looked a lot, the ships and stuff looked a lot like, um, kind of like Cylons, I think. I I don't know, but you, you had this cursor. And I, this game actually played pretty well with the crappy disc controller, you might, if memory serves. But um, it you know it was definitely uh, an interesting game and probably one of my f most favorite games on the Intellivision. Um, but those Azure Smash, Space Armada, um, and the baseball are the ones I remember the most because those are the ones uh, like my neighbor had. I didn't really have one. Um, but um, the other ne neat thing was the Electric Company, which was a um, TV show on PBS at the time. Um, had um, the electric company math fun and the electric company word fun. Uh, and we watched these shows when I was a kid. It was pretty, uh, the games I don't remember much. Um, but I do remember uh, the TV show. <laughs> um, other games uh, of note were uh, Tron Deadly Disc, was, which was after the, uh, the uh, movie Tron. Uh, Tron Mazatron, uh, which was probably not as well known as the Deadly Discs, because everyone wanted to play uh, the Discs games, uh, because you know that that was by far one of the neatest uh, things in Tron. You know the uh, was uh, Tron Deadly Discs. Throwing the throwing the disc and you know and it, you you could literally uh, do the same thing uh, with a uh, a frisbee back in the day, but they, the deadly disc game was pretty neat and I, I played it once or twice. It wasn't one I I didn't have a system. Uh, it's probably one of those systems I'm gonna go ahead and pick up at some point in time. Uh, because I would just like to to uh, learn about it and play some more of the games. Uh, one of the bigger problems with uh, retro games uh, consoles is getting hooked up to a modern TV. So uh, that's one thing uh, I'll have to note if I ever buy one. So, um, but I do think I, I want to pick up one at some point uh, because it has a, a much smaller library than uh, the Atari did at the time. Um, and just some really great games, even though um, most of them uh, were basically footnotes uh, compared to what Atari would sell. So, um, other game, other things that kind of branched out from the Intellivision was the the Mattel Aquarius. Uh, the Mattel Aquarius had a short life in the history of computing. It was released in 1983. But it had, uh, but it technical capabilities really didn't allow it to compete with other machines like, uh, for example, my Atari 8-bit that I have, um, the Commodore 64, VIC-20, and all that. Uh, it was based around a Zilog Z80, had limited RAM, I only like 4K of RAM, although it was expandable to 20 via cartridges. Sound and graphics were very limited, and just at a time when other machines began doing arcade quality software, uh, the programs could be loaded via tapes or uh, by the cartridge slot on the right hand side, but uh, there was little interest from software companies 
and they didn't have anything dedicated inside Mattel to help build the software library up. Um, the Aquarius used Mattel, or not Mattel, sorry, Microsoft Basic, uh, which was a good quality, but the programming on the, on the tiny chiclet keys they had was pretty awful. Um, the Mattel, Mattel realized quickly the machine was not going to succeed, and the Aquarius was discontinued just after being on the market for four months. I do remember um, a uh, neighbor uh, when I lived in Vandegrift, Pennsylvania, had one of these. Um, but um, it was pretty neat. Um, the machine was actually made by a company called Radofin in Hong Kong, uh, who were more well known for their game console machines at the time. So, very short-lived uh, computer system, um, and uh, still kind of interesting uh, with an awful keyboard. <laughs> so, uh, but um, uh, it definitely was one of the things that came out of uh, Intellivision um, at the time. So, uh, future stuff for Intel, the Intellivision. Um, there is a there was a um, retro um, version, or basically, um, kind of like how they had the SN the SNES and the NES Mini, uh, excuse me, and the Atari uh, uh, play uh, Wayback systems. Uh, they had some, had one of those for the Intellivision, and actually had a very similar um, control. Um, so you, that's one way you can actually. Um, play um play some games uh, i mentioned briefly mentioned that sears just like the atari had a uh, um in their own branded version of the system so you can find those out there um but uh television does have a sequel in the same way that uh, atari does uh um i think it's the television hold on I need to find out what it is. It is the Intellivision Amico. Uh, the Intellivision Amico has a, um, looks like similar stylings to the original Intellivision, except for the controllers are wireless. Um, it's not quite out yet, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. But the company uh, that uh, is bringing this to market is by, goes by the name Telerico. And uh, it has uh, games such as Earthworm Jim 4 and Rigid Force Redux Enhanced as games. Uh, they said, due to the worldwide pandemic, we sat down with retailers and manufacturers, uh, component supplies and distributors, decided the biggest impact for launch will be to do it during a time when everyone else isn't fighting for airtime and shelf space, Talarico said in an email to GamesBeat. It was a strategic decision that many people and partners had a say in. Our major retailers, retailers like Walmart, GameStop, and Amazon, and Best Buy are excited but very happy with the new date that they themselves have picked. Uh, so uh, it says delayed till uh, April fifteenth, and that was this was uh, back in August of twenty twenty, so about a year ago. So um, let me see. I want to do another quick search, but it'd be kind of cool to have that kind of system uh, out there. 
Um, the Atari one, uh, I don't know a whole lot about the Atari uh, remake system, uh, but the uh, remake uh, does have some things. It's not quite the same as the old uh, system was. So, um, oh, and the other neat thing about the Amico is the controllers actually have LCD displays in place of the touchpad with the uh, with the uh, overlays and some and immersive lighting, a few other things too. But like I said, it's just not going to be the same as the old uh, the old system was. Um, although they do have a neat system. A version of the Amico where you can get it in wood grain, which that's really the one I would go for if I'd bought one. So right now I'm on their website in television.com and it does seem like it's up for pre-order, but not uh, for uh, it's not shipping yet. So if you pre-order on GameStop.com. Uh, I clicked on that button from there, and it said they couldn't. They couldn't find the page. Let me do the thing from uh, the Intellivision website. Uh, to pre-order, the pre-order deposit is a hundred bucks. Uh, so uh, it's probably not much more than more. It might be more than that, but uh, again, I just don't think it's going to be exactly the same as the old Intellivision, uh, which had quite quite a charm and a lot of gamers. Of the eighties, considering it, consider it better than Atari. I don't, but <laughs> um, just because it was harder to find games. So, okay, uh, that's going to be it for this week. I don't know what we're going to talk about next week, uh, but um, I do know that um, there's an Apple event, and I'm going to be covering that on a different podcast. Uh, I'm starting a new pack podcast with. Uh, my friend Chris Spera and Chris Gavula and uh, Larry McJunkin. Um, and uh, w- as soon as we have a name, I'll let you know. But uh, our first show, we're definitely going to be touching on um, both um, the Apple event that's going to happen tomorrow uh, as of the, the recording. Uh, this recording's not going to come out till Saturday. Um, but um, uh, there will be some news about that on that in that show. And we're also going to talk a little bit about the Fortnite um, uh, Apple uh, decision. Uh, so uh, look forward to that show. Um, and as soon as I have a name, I'll let you know what the show name will be. But uh, um, we'll uh, hopefully have that decision made uh, by the, by recording time. So all right. So this has been Living in the Shade of an 80s Arcade. And remember, if you don't play a little arcade games uh, and get a little bit of nostalgia now, uh, you'll forget what it was like in your youth. Thank you all for listening, and have a great week. 